Roadman, I want to talk to you about some strange things you should keep your eyes peeled for during this Vuelta a España. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness and our longevity? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back to another Roadman Cycling Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. As I've talked about in yesterday's podcast, I'm invested in this year's Vuelta a España. I love the Vuelta for it's just it's chaotic beauty, the crazy amount of hilltop finishes, just the Spanish in their general laissez-faire, unorganized attitude. The commentators yesterday didn't even know how long the climbs were. The road book says one thing, the website says the other thing, the commentators were given other information. It's a crazy wild, wild west bike race and I absolutely love it for that. Today, I don't want to talk about the specifics of what's going on in the Vuelta. You know what, maybe I'll come back to it tomorrow or the day after because I am infatuated with this year's Vuelta. I think it's such a perfect climax to this year's season. But I want to talk to you, if you're a newbie, about strange things to watch out for when the race is going on. Some stuff that, to the cycling fan that's been racing and watching it for years, some of this won't be new, but... I'm going to flavor it with some personal stories of times that I've tried these uh, strange things. The word strange things will all be revealed in a second. Uh, before I dive into this podcast, let me ask you to please head on over to patreon.com. Press pause on the podcast now. You know what, I used to be such a good man for procrastinating and putting things on the long finger and to-do lists. And since I started this do-it-now policy, it just gives me so much headspace. So I'd encourage you to just channel that, pause this, do it now, head over, make a small donation on Patreon, the price of a beer once a month. What that's going to do, it's going to support the podcast, make sure we keep moving forward. And it's going to be vindication for me that we're going the right direction. In return, I'm going to give you access to the secret podcast. Ooh, spooky, especially coming up to this Halloween time of year. But in fact, it's not spooky. I talk about stuff that I'm experimenting with. Like at the moment, I'm experimenting with ketone usage. And I probably won't do a dedicated podcast on it, but I will talk about it in my uh, secret podcast. Okay, folks, some crazy things you will see in the Vuelta or any other bike race at pro level, for that matter, that if you're seeing them for the first time, you might be like, what the hell is going on there? So we all know the structure in a team. You have a team leader and then you have a bunch of domestiques and the domestiques are like graded. They have different jobs. Some of them are domestiques, guys who are going to pull the workload in the high mountains. So they're saving those. Some of the guys are going to be riding the valleys. Some of the guys are going to be there for feeding and early stage duties. So what you will see is a rider dropping back to the team car. So how this works is a rider drops to the back of the peloton, say it's one of the Ineos riders, and he wants to come up and feed Carapaz. So Carapaz has run out of water and he needs a new bottle. So what happens is one of the Ineos domestiques will drop to the back of the peloton, he'll raise a bottle in the air, that'll be a signal to the commissar or the race referee behind that he needs feeding. So then there's an order in the cavalcade behind. The cavalcade is the group of cars following the race. Each team has at least one support car, normally two. So that'll be an indication to the team cars that if rider needs feeding, the commissar then will call the team car up. He's allowed to approach the back of the peloton, overtake the other cars. 
pretty chaotic if you're in the team car and scary as shit then he'll come up and out the window he'll distribute food or bottles to the rider so it's not untypical to see a rider coming back into the peloton with six seven eight bottles stuffed down the back of his jersey it can look pretty crazy michelin michelin man like and i tell you from experience it's not easy i've had a jersey full of bottles just as a climb is about to start because i hadn't read the road book properly and i'd gone back at the wrong time and i would like oh shit i'm screwed because each bottle we're going to get into this in a second uh the amount of weight like two bottles is nearly a kilogram of weight and a kilogram of weight makes a big difference going uphill so you can imagine if you have four extra kilograms of weight distributed pretty haphazardly and dangerously down the back of your jersey you want to ditch them as fast as you can and that's what i've had to do on occasion so if you do see a rider coming back up full of bottles hopefully he has more experience than i did the first time i done it and does it at an appropriate time and distributes them to the team so that's number one feeding from the car number two i've probably got six or seven of these uh, that i've really noticed a yesterday stage that i think and somebody's gonna find interesting so i didn't notice this yesterday but you will notice this from time to time if there's a problem with the race leader so in the vuelta Spaniards, it's the red jerseys the race leader if he has a problem if he crashes if he's sick and he's going back for medical treatment the race will stop there's a mark of respect it won't formally stop it's an informal tradition within the peloton that nobody will attack they'll cruise along and they'll wait for him to get back into the race to see if he's okay it's a mark of respect for the leader of a race i haven't seen that uh in any of the races this year i don't think it's happened in the vuelta the giro or the tour but you will see it from time to time number three it's newspaper down the jerseys now this is one that has saved me on many many occasions and i know it seems pretty crazy with the mad tech that companies like rafa and uh, velocio and that are putting into jersey technology to think that you would get to the top of a climb and stuff the daily mirror down the front of your jersey but a wise man once said to me if you want to know what's a good insulator look at what the homeless guys are doing to stay warm and newspaper is such a good insulator newspaper cardboard anything like that is an amazing insulator that's obviously disposable so you get to the top of the climb and you'll typically see fans or sworn yours holding out newspapers riders grabbing them stuffing them down the front of their jersey as a windbreaker and having descended like mount tida in cold cold conditions and you're coming downhill for sort of the guts of a half an hour 40 minutes i can tell you the difference between having newspaper down the jersey and not having newspaper it's huge it's the difference between you actually enjoying the descent and being borderline hypothermic at the bottom of the descent number four ditching every single bit of weight you can think of as a climb starts you'll see this typically in a breakaway and this feeds into the story of me ditching the bottles when i was coming back two bottles weighs about a kilogram but also unnecessary food in your pocket weighs extra weight so you'll see especially if it's a hilltop finish and it's the real gc guys you'll see them emptying their pockets and emptying their bottles to ditch every single bit of weight one kilogram is one minute on a 10 kilometer climb and basically every cat one climb in this vuelta is 10 minute is uh, 10 kilometers long so ditching that weight that's going to give you one minute difference that's absolutely huge that's the difference between front group and third group a lot of days number five we've got timeouts this is 
something that probably baffles a lot of non-cycling hardcore fans. The idea that the race is informally stopped or called a ceasefire at some point in the race. So where this happens, if you're watching the stage early enough, it's typically glossed over in the highlights. But you'll see attack, attack, attack all morning to establish the break. Then once everybody's happy with the composition of the break, like the team leaders are happy that there's no one that's a threat to the overall gone into the break and each team that wants to be represented is represented. And there's a lot of politics and Dyson goes into that composition of that early break. And that's why it takes so long to form a lot of the times. But once it is formed, the peloton shuts down and has a little bit of a lunch break for itself, but you'll typically see a rider that's high on GC at some point, maybe the race leader or a you know one of these Patreons of the peloton who are super well respected, rolling towards the front of the bunch and making a T signal with their hand to indicate a timeout. Now this indicates a mass stoppage for the race. So bunch of guys will stop some will go back and feed but normally you'll see 20 30 guys stopping for a piss on the side of the road obviously in a five six hour race you need to pee at some point and you don't always see it on camera this is how to get it done these sort of timeout moments this is also a time where people get back they change clothes they get extra food if they need to it's a little bit of a ceasefire before the second part of the stage where you start reeling in that break that they've let go because if you don't let go a break early in the day it's all day people trying to get away but when they let the break go then they can chill out then they can start to reel it back in feed bags are another really this is point six. Should have said it because I've been saying it all along. Keep, keep the consistency here, Anthony. Feed bags, or we call them musettes. You'll see them getting handed out in designated feed zones. They're like a... I remember the first year I competed in the Ross. It's like a Tour of Ireland here. And it's eight-day UCI race then. And we didn't know where to get these feed bags. So we actually had them made. And they're just like a cloth shopping bag with one longer handle that you can stretch it over your helmet. So your swanyor or your helper on the side of the road will typically hand these up during the race. And it's a good way to feed the whole team without having to go back to the car. And you can get more into the bags because each rider can grab their own bag. So the first year we done that when we got them made, we left one of the riders basically in charge of all the nutrition. And... I must do a podcast on that first race because it was hysterical. It was our first ever UCI race. I was a complete noob. I think I just got promoted to Cat 1. We know what our Cat 1 riders on the team. We didn't have a clue what we were doing. We didn't know we needed a team car. I ended up buying one for like 150 euro the week for the race. We got these musettes made. Left one of the lads who didn't know much about nutrition in charge of nutrition. And we ended up with just Turkish delights. I shit you not. Eight days straight out Turkish delights. So you would get your musette bag mid-stage and you'd have like six Turkish delights in it. It was horrendous. I don't even like Turkish delights. still hate them. I get nightmares when I see them to this day. Now, the pros will have a lot more than Turkish delights. You'll get mini cans of Coke, bars of chocolate, you might get brioches, sandwich, cream cheese, rice cakes. You'll get stuff, personal preference that you like, if you like a certain sports drink or a certain type of mix in your bottle. And what you'll see is a lot of trading as well between riders and teams. If, you know, for me with the Turkish delights every day, you gotta, it's like currency, it's like trading cigarettes in prison. You gotta just go around and go, what have you got there? Ah, oh, you got a little bit of a Fredo bar? Swap you a Turkish delight. And that's the way it goes. But that raw story, I must tell you it someday because it was hysterical stuff. We drove eight days 
in surrounded by Garda with a team car which had no tax or insurance on it. It was the most illegal and uh, only fills and horses, Del Boy stuff you've ever heard. Uh, I will do an entire podcast on its own. Uh, the last one is a sticky bottle. You'll see if a rider has a crash, if he has a puncture, typically we have our set of rules and then we have our set of unwritten rules. And our unwritten rules is if one of them we talked about, if a race leader crashes, the race typically doesn't attack him. But another one is if a rider has some misfortune, the ref and other riders will typically turn a blind eye to getting that rider back into the position he was before the misfortune happened. So one of the ways we have it doing this, it's called a sticky bottle. So the team car will come up beside the rider who's had the puncture and he will hand them out a bottle as if he's taking a bottle to rehydrate or feed or bring it back up to the bunch but instead of him letting go of the bottle he'll hold on to the bottle so it looks like to an audience that he's taking a bottle but what in fact is happening is the driver of the car is accelerating so he's holding on to the bottle and it's towing him it's towing him along at 70 80 90 kilometers an hour at times with the super skilled riders now i remember I got disqualified from a race for a sticky bottle because there is some, you know, I suppose, uh, discretion as to when it's allowed. And then there's some places when it's definitely allowed and some places that it's definitely not. Mine kind of fell in a grey area. I was doing a race called Visit Nina, which is quite a big race here. And I'd been in the break basically since kilometre one. I think there was four of us in the break and a teammate there. And we were coming into the last 15 kilometres and the gap was about 60 seconds back to the main peloton. And... I punctured. Now, I had an especially slow wheel change, like our mechanic mucked it up and really slow getting going. And by the time I got going, there was probably only 15 seconds between the brake, sorry, between me and the peloton. So I was clearly visible from the peloton. Then my team car came up beside me and he said, sticky ball. So I grabbed the sticky bottle and he accelerated and it pulled me away from the peloton. But I think the aesthetics of it looked so bad that the race referee or commissar came up and he actually disqualified me. And I think if I remember our team car out of the race that day, wasn't a good day and neither of us were particularly happy if I remember. So there are just some of the crazy weird goings on that you'll see in the Vuelta to the trained eye. But you need to keep a lookout because as I keep saying, this sport... It's so textured and it takes so long to learn exactly what's going on. You know, initially you think it's just first man across the line and then you learn there's the yellow jersey, green jersey, you know, all the different races within the race and the team tactics. And so that's my job here. It's trying to illuminate for you guys some of these little nuances within the race. If you do spot any of these within the race or anyone, any sort of, you know, strange habits that you're not too sure what they are, Please take a screen capture of the podcast, tag me and let me know what you spotted on your Instagram account. Guys, thanks for listening and I'm going to be back to you for another Roadman Cycling Podcast tomorrow. Hey everybody, it's Anthony again. Really quick, I want to invite you to join arguably the best thing I've ever put out inside the Roadman community. It's a challenge. It's a challenge called the 14-Day Kickstart Challenge. So regardless of where your fitness is at right now, this is going to be the catalyst for making you faster and making you leaner. I've created this challenge to take the guesswork out of everything. It's 14 days of training plans, regardless of what your level is. There's masters, beginner, advanced. There's meal plans, shopping list, and even a video course holding your hand and talking you through it all. 
So what I recommend you do right now is just stop everything, press pause on this audio and go to roadmancycling.com forward slash 14 day or check out the link in the bio. That's roadmancycling.com slash 14 day.